0: Hello, and welcome to episode five of Wildly Basic. This is going to be a bit of a long one. It's close to an hour, so buckle in and hit that double speed button because Emma and I had a lot to talk about. For this episode, we decided not to bring a guest in and just chat the two of us instead. We love a good feminist rant, and if you know us personally, you know we can shit talk men until the cows come home. That being said, we do have some great guys in our life, and we wanted to talk about some of them and what makes them allies in our eyes. We also go through some definitions we have been throwing around on the show without clearly defining. We provide our takes on what it means to be basic, what a bro really is, and some further explanations of some of the climbing slang we use, including the term nut slut. Obviously, all of these things will be our personal opinions and perceptions, People may define any or all of these things quite differently, and we would love to hear your thoughts if that includes you. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoys the show.
1: Welcome to Wildly Basic a podcast about everyday badass women who love the outdoors and are unafraid to be unapologetically themselves in the backcountry, regardless of norms and expectations.
0: I'm Emma. And I'm Allie. On this podcast, we hope to share our love of backcountry shenanigans with those like us, those that inspire us, and those that are excited to discover their interest in the outdoors.
1: Hey girl. Hello. You're blocking your microphone. Oh, I'm an embarrassment. Do I even have a podcast? <laughs> oh my God. I'm still new to this. Okay. Is it better? Boomer.
0: Boomer vibes. Yeah, that's
1: better. Well, hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah.
0: What, what today? It's Sunday. I did laundry. I actually meal prepped for once. I made a quiche.
1: Yay. Snaps. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What kind?
0: Um, I basically just threw in all my vegetables that were about to go bad and used up the eggs that I had. And then I also had some feta cheese, you know, that that bougie one, Mm Appetina. So I I splurged on that last time I went to Loblaws. And so it's kind of like a veggie and feta quiche.
1: Very nice. My roommate actually left a bunch of eggs in the fridge and I think I'm gonna use them up and make a quiche, either that or banana bread.
0: By the way, it's 375 degrees. I had to look it up today to make the quiche was oh, it you that was asking bake. oh no no, no this right. was asking Never
1: mind. <laughs> you're like it's 375 and I was like outside <laughs> 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 do you buy the tarts like pre-made the tarts the heck the pie crusts pre-made
0: oh yeah like I get the like Pillsbury just okay. pre-made pie crust yeah
1: Okay. I, I love, I think I'm going to do that because I have so many eggs.
0: Yeah. I was by them thinking I'm going to eat them for breakfast. And then I'm like, I don't really eat breakfast many days, just coffee. So
1: I'm a big fan of instant oatmeal.
0: I think I've just had it way too much camping and I have a hard time eating it at home. Mm, Oh, Which by the way, don't make sidekicks in your camping pot.
1: Oh (laughs) no. Sadly, did re- relive my horrible mistakes. I made sidekicks once when Allie and I were camping.
0: No, it was when um, we were recording our first episode with Sydney.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I made the sidekicks while I was in charge of making dinner. I followed the sidekicks recipe as it says on the bag, but for whatever reason, the bottom of the pot started to burn a bit as it sometimes does. I'm making a mistake for sure. But the lid was on. So what happened was it basically smoked all of the sidekicks that was in the pot and the entire meal, although it looked perfectly fine, tasted like burnt plastic.
0: Yeah, like it looked beautiful. When we opened the lid to the pot, it looked like it was going to taste amazing. And then we all took our first bite and we were just disgusted. It really tasted like smoked tires.
1: Yeah, it did. Oh my (laughs) God. And... Honestly, it was so creamy and salty and I knew it was going to taste good if I had just done it right, but then I really didn't. And I fine. really messed up dinner that night. Okay. Emma,
0: Sydney and I would have probably done it. I mean, I would have done it even worse. Sydney would have done the same thing as <laughs> you because those mistakes were unavoidable given the circumstances.
1: It, it was all fine because we had bought so many Dorito bags.
0: Oh, so many chips and Pringles.
1: Oh yeah. And then the next morning we woke up a little hungover and we ate Pringles for breakfast and it was actually so good.
0: Oh my God. It made my stomach, it like, it did exactly what my stomach needed it to do.
1: Yeah. And we had
0: instant coffee with it and the instant coffee kind of slapped surprisingly. Hey, no,
1: that, ugh, I'm going to save it for the campaign review segment that I really, really want to do, but yeah, I'll save it. I'm not going to, I'm it, not going to give away a
0: cliffhanger. my
1: no, I'm not gonna give away my secret instant coffee brand. And we also have a secret instant coffee recipe, but that's for that's for the segment.
0: Okay. We'll we'll hold off on that. Tune in next time, listeners, to hear about the best instant coffee for camping. Anyway, enough about that. One of the things we should okay, let's first talk about what we're doing. There's no guest on this episode, just you and I kind of shooting the shit, but we do have a couple goals, a couple things we want to chat about today.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it actually stems from some of the feedback we've gotten from our previous episodes. And we've, we've taken in everyone's advice. We're really listening. So if you are one of those people who have given us feedback on an episode, thank you. It means the world to us and we're really taking it seriously. So some of the feedback we got was regarding the definition of broey, and we never really defined it. We talked about it in our first episode, we never define what broey is and we talk we point a lot at it but we never really get to it a lot of our male listeners have actually come forward and said like wow you guys brought up this issue of being quote broey but i don't know what that is i don't know if i'm being broey i don't know what it looks like and you never really gave solutions mm-hmm. so yeah. if i was yeah. being broey how do i not be broey i think at the end of the day this episode, we kind of want to bring it back and talk about how men can actually be our allies, guys in our lives that have actually helped uplift us in the backcountry.
0: 100%. Yeah. Um, after episode one, um, many people asked us. What is Broey? What does that mean? It's hard to define, actually. I struggle to give people direct answers about that and to give people specific examples because sometimes it's something you can't always put your finger on, but when you see it, you see it and you feel it. And it's not to say that being Broey is always bad, it's just that if that's the only way that things are, it can be hard to relate or to to be accepted. And I think that's what we were trying to get at. But there was definitely some feedback and confusion about that after
1: episode one, I would say. For me, there's like bro guys in sport. I think I'm referring to these boys that kind of push forward the idea of like a boys club. I
0: mean, to add to that, I'd say that um, when people are acting bro and it's not always guys that act bro in the way that we use the term. it It's very one-dimensional. It's like, All you're there for is the, like, dude, like, just send it. Like, just this mentality that there's no room for being a human. And it's all about the, I guess, I don't know. It's really hard to define. People that kind of are exemplifying, like, what you think of when you think of toxic masculinity.
1: Yeah, actually, toxic masculinity is definitely a part of it. In the definition of broy. it doesn't directly uh, include their behaviors towards women or towards people outside of the group necessarily it's more about like how they are within their group but for people who aren't a part of that group like us at the climbing gym for example then that's when you can start to see people acting bro and you're like oh I'm not a part of this group if I wanted to be a part of the group I would have to use the same language as them and hype them up in the same way and I would have to be showing the same emotions as them so that's why we were talking about it when we were talking about kind of a more toxic climbing gym culture.
0: Yeah, um, I was, I got a good point, actually, feedback um, from a male listener who said that he thinks that we, there's not actually as many like of those send bros out there as we think there are. We talked in our first episode about that bro culture at the climbing gym and this person's perspective was that, oh, there's actually... That's not that huge of a percentage of climbers. It's just they're the loudest and that's who you see. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but it's interesting food for thought. It makes sense that the people that are a little bit more low key and less obnoxious, there's probably a lot of them out there. They're just harder to see when you're all the bros are being loud and doing their power screams so everyone knows how hard they're working and all of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe, but regardless if they're the most common or... Regardless of if they're the most common or just the loudest, I mean, they're still the ones you notice and they're still the ones that make you insecure. Mm-hmm. So, but good food for thought for sure.
0: Yeah. The other feedback we've gotten is that we've kind of thrown around some climbing jargon and uh, our podcast isn't just about climbing. Obviously, it's about any outdoor backcountry activity. And so, another, I've gotten a request to more clearly define what a nut sled is for people that don't (laughs) climb (laughs) so maybe we can start with that
1: (laughs) I apologize to anyone that didn't know because I mean nut sled is a pretty vulgar term (laughs) that we just threw around so loosely and it makes sense but you know if you're not aware you're like girl what are you talking about
0: yeah I mean it definitely for you know I'm thinking about my mom listening to episode one I'm actually not sure if she's listened yet but she's probably going to hear that and be like what the fuck like, why is my daughter calling herself a slut live on air? I guess it's not live, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so basically for those who don't climb, uh, and I, I'm, I'm stressed to give this definition because I feel like other climbers would maybe give slightly different definitions, but I'll do my best. I'll try to just make it relevant to those who don't climb. But um, in climbing, there's a couple different types of climbing. So Emma likes to call rope climbing, um, the type of climbing that you do on a rope. So that can kind of be divided into uh, kind of into sport climbing and trad climbing. Sport climbing is when there's bolts already in the rock and you clip into them, you clip your rope into them as you move up the rock. So basically you're trusting the person who's put the bolts in, presumably a root developer who knows their shit, whereas trad climbing um there's no bolts or there are some bolts in some places and in other places there aren't so you have to rely on uh, putting your own protection in the rock and most of the time that means using cracks in the rock and uh, a lot of those uh tools that we use are camming devices so basically they sort of expand when you put them in the rock um and then there's nuts which are a type of passive protection passive meaning they don't really move around you have to place them in a constriction in the rock. I don't know if that really helps. I feel like I wish I could just show people. Hopefully that verbal explanation makes sense. But TLDR, nut, is a type of gear used for trad climbing. And there's this archetype in climbing of a trad dad, which is this stereotypical older male climber who mainly does trad and who doesn't climb very hard despite having climbed for a long time and he's kind of more concerned about bringing the snacks than anything else and kind of kind of crusty and looks down on the younger climbers and it's just this stereotype and we thought that kind of sounds like us but that's a male stereotype what should we be like what's a female trad climber stereotype could be a nut slot instead of a trad dad so I don't know. Did that make sense, Emma?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was actually a great job. I'm glad you were tasked with doing that because <laughs> I'm not sure I would have done such a good job. I mean, but I pulled yeah. out a
0: couple big words, you know, archetype. You know, I heard. Got the vocab in there.
1: Yeah. Um so that's why that's why we've been using that. It's not for anything else. But yeah,
0: yeah. The the slut part is is mostly that it rhymes. Um The the being a slut, not I'm like walking on eggshells around that word right now, but um it the the slut part isn't really the important part in the phrase. It's like a nut slut, it's a rhyming term, it's kind of spicy, it sounds kind of sassy, and uh it's the stereotype that we identify with.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's catchy, it's easy to say. So far, so far a lot of my friends are using it, so it's okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah, everyone seems on board. All the climbers we know are on board. Nutslut just has a good ring to it. So here we
1: are. Okay, so um, I just wanted to take a second and kind of dig a little deeper into what we mean by basic and what it means to be wildly basic because the term basic is pretty widely used and it's to describe, you know, a basic, well, a basic bitch.
0: It's one of those things that I think means something slightly different to different people. When I think of it, it's mostly about I picture a girl who likes her iced coffee, likes her acrylic nails and her Lululemon and, you know, takes a lot of photos for Instagram.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like it's a girl who's only concerned with the mainstream, the trendy and who's following along in these trends just because they're mainstream and trendy and not because they actually like it or that's actually who they are. And it's usually used as a negative, you know? People are described as basic as a negative. But for us, our group started calling each other basic bitches because we were loving our Lululemon and we were loving our Starbucks. And we kind of wanted to make it our own. We wanted to reclaim it almost and say like, oh yeah, we are a basic bitch and we like it. Like these are yeah. things we like. And I like I mean, being trendy and I yeah. like taking my Instagram profile pictures and Instagram profile pictures. Who am I? I like, <laughs> <Boomer. it. laughs> and I like, I like posting my Instagram stories and letting people know what I'm doing and there's no shame in it. So that's kind of where we as a friend group started with, being basic it's
0: all it's used in a derogatory term which i think can also be a little bit sexist because you know i was reading this article a little while ago actually about how things that young women like in general are considered like sort of embarrassing to like as an adult for example things like high school musical justin bieber those kinds of things, like, if you like them as an adult, it's considered weird or embarrassing. Like, why does Justin Bieber have to be a guilty pleasure? Like, why can't you just like it? And I think that a lot of these basic bitch things, people see them as, like, guilty pleasure. It's like, you know, that it's bad to, like, drink a lot of Starbucks or wear a lot of Lululemon. And I think our friend group's mentality is, like, you know what? Lululemon, good quality clothing, and my ass looks fucking amazing. So I'm going to wear it. I don't care if you shit on it. Starbucks? great coffee. Have you had an oat milk latte from Starbucks? It slaps. Okay. Like I'm not going to be ashamed that I like this shit. And And Justin Bieber, good music. Honestly. Yes. Like the song, sorry, Emma. Do you remember when that came out in first year?
1: Allie, I literally request in the car ride yesterday. I was like, please play. Sorry. It'll make me the happiest person alive. And I sat listening to it just reminiscing of first year and you and I Getting ready to go out, like practicing <laughs> the music video dance moves, and I just, oh my god, that song is so close to my heart.
0: <laughs> it truly is. I, I kind of, I like, especially if I'm a little bit drunk, I will be verging on tears when I hear that song because to me, it just represents like our friendship and our like first year adventures when we like turn nineteen and like went out every Friday night and
1: <laughs> all of that. So. And just yeah. like, oh uh, yeah. Anyways, so I just wanted to take a sec because I feel like we've been getting a few questions like oh what is like what do you mean by basic? Yeah, so I just want to clarify when we use the word wildly basic we're in part reinventing the word basic or we or we're adding new levels to it because although we started using the word basic to describe us being, you know, liking to follow along in the actual trendy Uh, mainstream things. Now, I think when we say being basic and being basic outside, it means just being authentically yourself and owning who you are and not caring if other people think negatively of it or don't agree with the way you're doing it. Like, it's just about finding who you want to be and owning it.
0: Yeah. And I think I've thought of this before too, where you know, I used to feel flattered when my male friends would say, like, that I was one of the boys. But, you know, now when I think about it, it's like, why should I have to leave my gender at the door or leave those things at the door in order to be like one of the cool people or like accepted by this group of guys? And I think that's kind of what we're just tired of having to leave our basic parts of us at the door if we want to go do something outdoorsy or if we want to go do something like, I hardcore. I'm using air quotes here, but like I just think, why do you have why do those two things have to be separate? There's there's no requirement that you have to be this hardcore broy badass person to go do badass shit. Like I think what we're fighting with the term wildly basic is not it's not all about being basic. It's just about like just go live your life, be yourself. And we don't want people to feel like there's any barriers in that respect with pursuing outdoor hobbies
1: yeah but back to the theme of this episode or the topic of this episode we are talking about who in our circle we believe have demonstrated uh, qualities of a good male ally to women in sport and I think Ali and I have thought about it we have a few anecdotes that we want to share some personal experience of Times when we've had male, com- well, I was going to say male companions. That makes it sound <laughs> romantic, but it they're does. not necessarily romantic. They're, oh, what am I trying to say? Like male friends, male climbing
0: yeah. partners, male hiking partners. Like Yeah, okay. Yeah. M-
1: male partners? That also sounds romantic. I, I mean, don't know. Male, male backcountry people. I don't know. Just <laughs> guys
0: guys guys in our vicinity
1: i hope that anyone listening if you are part of this story we're giving you basically a shout out or you're either listening and you can take away times when you yourselves have acted in a similar way and you were also an ally because congrats to you or times where you can think back and you're like oh man i missed an opportunity to be an ally and now i know better for the future
0: okay Okay, well, I've got a couple anecdotes to be honest. I mean, I've definitely, I have quite a few male friends and I, I've got guys in my life that I love being around that are just super fun and supportive and I never feel like creeped out or looked down on or that kind of thing. Right. So, one that comes to mind is my friend Derek, and he's one of my climbing friends. And the thing, like, I mean, he's overall very aware of social issues and does a good job of kind of like keeping up to date on things and reading a lot and cares a lot about feminist issues and all that kind of thing. But the the big thing with him is like, he's just an incredibly good listener. And it's kind of hard to overstate how that can go such a long way. Like I love to rant. I'm a huge ranter. I rant by text, tell my friends. I rant on the phone. I rant on Zoom. I rant in person, and then it's harder for people to get away. And <laughs> so this this one anecdote is that I was climbing with Derek and our other friend Frank. And Frank, for the record, also huge ally. But this story is more particularly about Derek. But um, I was just ranting like nonstop about guys looking at my ass at the climbing gym. And how, like, you know, I, I get it. Like, if someone, it's hard not to notice how someone looks. There's a difference between noticing versus, like, staring, you know? Guys, if you think you're being subtle, I can guarantee, okay, no, maybe you are being subtle. A large percentage of you are not subtle, okay? <laughs> so, Sadly, no. And it makes me angry, honestly. The biggest thing that makes me angry because I'm just trying to enjoy my climbing session And I was telling a story and now I'm back on the same rant that I was having in this story. Anyway, it makes me angry because I just want to exist. I just want to climb. I don't want to have to worry about that. I don't want to feel creeped out. I don't want to feel objectified. And yeah, so I I was having this rant. I was going on and on and Derek was just listening and not interrupting. And that sounds like the bare minimum, but even when guys are listening and they'll often interject even if it's interjecting with agreeance they're interjecting and they're not letting you have your moment to speak on behalf of your own personal experience and he really does that and he really gives space for people to express themselves so there's that one anecdote I that rant probably went on for like 15 minutes when that was happening and he really just listened and then afterwards like
1: validated how I felt what I like about that like small little anecdote in that case Derek's still this quote ally we're talking about but he didn't do much sometimes it really looks like this where it's just I was there for somebody I had their back I made them feel good I made them feel supported in any small way possible like just listening and not interjecting
0: no it's huge and like that's the difference between listening to respond and listening to understand and he definitely does the listening to understand side of things
1: good I liked that story thank you for sharing I guess I can start with my smaller story mine's not really an anecdote like I don't have a particular moment where this was demonstrated because it's demonstrated so often but I do also have a group of guy friends I met them years ago in 2018 and honestly I met them Kind of by chance, and they didn't necessarily need to be so welcoming to me. Like, I could have just been some girl that sometimes hangs out with them, but they made a space for me. And especially in the climbing world that I was completely new to, I joined, I started climbing because of this group. I had never climbed before, I never thought about climbing before. And it was really just because I was hanging around them and they were climbing so much that I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I, I wouldn't have even given it a shot if they weren't like, Emma, we climb. Come out climbing with us. We will teach you how to climb. They're literally standing beside me on the rock telling me what a proper foothold is, where to grab my hand, maybe when to chalk up because you don't even know that when you're new. Heck, I still don't know that. So this group I'm thinking of, they, yeah, just were so graceful in taking the time to make sure that I felt comfortable and that i was able to like explore this new sport and really i think it came out of a passion that they had for the sport like they were like this climbing has given us so much like we want other people to experience it the same way we do ultimately we just all had fun going out together and i hope that i contributed to the group myself but um one of them there's two brothers in the group al and jc if you're listening hello and um both of you guys have just been so great and like like I said, coaching me through climbing and I know everything I know because I learned it from you guys. JC in particular, he, he's really good at coaching and you've gone out climbing with him, Allie. like he's, mm-hmm. he's so down to show you all the spots and to like bring you to the rock. And I know that he coaches climbing, like this is his job, job, but he didn't need to do his job off of working hours. Cause that's what he was doing. He was out there with me and like, he's you know, if I'm struggling on a climb, like he's right there, like pointing, like, have you tried to put your foot here? Or like, what if you turned your body this way? And he's spotting me and he's moving the mat. And like, ah, those things don't go unnoticed for me or they don't go unnoticed to me. Something like uh,
0: that. I don't know. Grammar. Um,
1: but yeah. And I mean, I, we talk about climbing every episode and I wouldn't be talking about it if those guys didn't come into my life.
0: It's one thing to kind of take someone new out and be supportive and then say, Oh, there's your intro to climbing. See you later. Like these guys, like, and they're strong climbers, you know, but they just they stuck with you. Like it's not as if they took you out, kind of showed showed you around and then were like, okay, cool. Now you're intro introduced to climbing. Like they've been there along the way for you. Though those people, they're real shit.
1: We bike together now and they're getting into skiing and there's just so many other ways that they've shown me the same attitude, but climbing was where it started. And um, I hope that they know that the effort they put in and the kindness that they've shown me has not gone unnoticed.
0: Mm -hmm. And, and to be fair, like, it's not, it's not just about the fact that they mentored you because I'm not saying, or we're not saying that guys that to be an ally, you have to go consistently mentor someone in climbing. Like we don't, no one would expect that of, of anyone. Like you didn't expect that of them even as your friends, right? It's it's more the support they showed you and just the genuine excitement for you. Wow, warm and fuzzy. Who knew this episode was like honestly, these are things I would probably never say to like my friends in face to face. I'm just not that much of a warm and fuzzy person, but <laughs> yeah, I'll say it I'll say it on the podcast for them, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. And now that I'm saying it to the whole world, it's different. Well, the whole world. Yeah.
0: All whatever listeners we have now. No, like Um, me and Frank have this joke that if you say something nice about someone, you also kind of have to insult them, just like keep them in their place, you know? And I'm like, we've got to think of some insults now for like ALJC and Derek, you know?
1: (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I'll tell them to their face.
0: Yeah, true. Same.
1: the examples we've
0: given so far have been largely about like things that guys have done for us, basically things that are kind of on their part. But, you know, a little while ago, you were also telling me a story where you felt like it wasn't so much that what they were doing, it was like the conflict resolution and the communication that you felt like, wow, these guys are allies. So do you want to tell that story?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have this example um, where a group of guys were maybe not acting as allies originally, but through proper communication and understanding, we were able to learn how to support one another, and then become each other's allies. So um, this story is about a close group of friends of mine. So if any of you guys are listening and you recognize the story, there's no shade. It ends well. Basically, I have this large group of friends uh, that's outside of my friend group with Allie. And the friend group is primarily formed by this conglomerate of boys and then their associated girlfriends so the glue of the group is really the guys and naturally because of that it's a male dominated group and that's not to say it in a bad way that's just how it naturally happens so yeah this group of friends I have they're a big group for going outside and doing the backcountry activities and a lot of the activities that I've started I've been introduced to through these people like bikepacking and even backcountry skiing so there's definitely this tie to the group that I have and I need them sometimes to be able to get out there.
0: Yeah. Well, it kind of sounds like this is a group that is sort of codependent, but the codependency is heavier on your side where maybe you feel like you depend more on them and it can be hard to question their judgment or what they're saying when you kind of need them to help you get out there.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, At the end of the day, they're the ones that were friends originally, and I'm the extra. So sometimes there's plans that form that I'm not a part of. And maybe I can feel a bit butthurt, even though they don't mean it to be that way. But that like ties into this dynamic where there's almost this vibe of exclusivity and like you have to be cool enough or good enough to be invited out on the trips. Even if that's not the case all the time, that's sometimes how I and other people in the group have felt. It was reaching a point where I actually had had enough and it was becoming not only unfair or not fun anymore, but borderline dangerous when you're considering going out and doing trips that require, you know, really skilled communication like backcountry skiing. So
0: sorry, can you clarify, you were feeling upset because the group wasn't communicating and the group wasn't making it clear who was and wasn't invited on a given trip, and then you had to have these discussions about skill level, or what was making you, what was this thing that was boiling up to the top for you?
1: Well, the group is just so big that naturally communication becomes harder. So when you're doing activities that require a bit more risk management, you need to be that much better at communication, and the group was just lacking in that way. So not only was it dangerous, but sometimes people's Feelings were just being hurt, you know, like feeling like, oh, why wasn't I invited on the group? Was it because I'm not cool enough? Was it because they don't like me? Was it because, you know? Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of reached this peak in the winter season. That was the season where a lot of people were getting into backcountry skiing. So people's feelings are being hurt. And I'm not sure if it's root of the problem is in this kind of misogynistic boys' club, or if it really is just. We're not handling risk management properly. So I reached out to the group. I took this big step. It took a lot of confidence, but I reached out to the um, guys group over Facebook. And I just was like, hey, guys, I'm feeling this, that, and the other thing about our communication and I'm starting to feel hurt. And I wanted to know if you guys wanted to talk about it. And they were super kind about it. Yeah, of course, Emma, come on over. Like, we're, we're happy to talk about anything. And I feel like at that point, they were also feeling the same way. In the end, I had this big kind of meeting, sharing our feelings on the group and the group dynamic and how we want communication and these bigger outdoor trips to go from here on out. And it was just a really productive conversation where we were allowed to lay everything out on the table and we didn't need to worry about hurting anyone's feelings or you know, saying the wrong thing because yeah, we just made it clear from the get-go that everything was something we needed to talk about. I was able to share my feelings and they were able to share their concerns as well, which I wasn't understanding from my own perspective. So they were saying, you know, that they sometimes felt uncomfortable always having to be the leaders of the group. And they didn't always want to be responsible for the group in the way that they were. And I was sitting there like, oh my gosh, well, I want to be included in trip planning and I don't want to just feel like I have to follow you so there was a really good um, common place there where we could work from and also just the way we communicated you know having multiple group chats for you know with every combination of people a part of was not the way to go forward and we ended up making this huge large group discord group for all of us to communicate on and. We basically decided from here on out that we would need to be more clear of when it was an open invite and everyone could come or when it was going to be a smaller group. Um, Yeah, it
0: sounds like there was a lot going on with trying to balance, like trying to include people when possible. But also sometimes you just can't logistically if you're going on a trip that's above where someone's at at that point in time, especially with something like backcountry skiing, which you mentioned before, like. That's not the type of thing where you can be like, oh, you're new. That's fine. Like, we'll kind of show you around. That's definitely something where your safety and everyone else's safety is on the line. And it sounds like after this talk, you and the Sky Group kind of realized that you were having the same issues, but from different points of view. And it sounds like Mm -hmm. you approached the conversation with a lot of mutual respect.
1: Yeah. And honestly, that was one of the biggest takeaways from me was because beforehand, I was feeling inferior because maybe I was a woman or maybe I wasn't as good as they were at these activities. But during the talk and afterwards, I really felt like we all were able to level with each other. And I was seen as an equal and my opinions and my feelings were going to be heard just as much as they were. I definitely feel like there's way more mutual respect and I'm way more confident now in sharing my opinion.
0: It kind of sounds like prior to this discussion, it was all just a big communication clusterfuck. And then, you know, having this talk with the guys and then deciding, okay, we're gonna move to Discord because it's just a little more organized and it helps people know when it's an open invite, when it's not, all of that. And like, it sounds like this wasn't even just a talk where you got to express how you felt. It was really productive. Like it ended up in like a way better group dynamic and way more streamlined communication.
1: Absolutely. But moral of the story is people make mistakes and it's not from a malicious place. Sometimes it really is just a lack of communication or a lack of understanding. I hope that people feel empowered and a little bit more confident in themselves and just saying how they feel and being open to talking it out with the people they're maybe having issues with. You need to ask for the things you need. And usually people are really receptive to that. And if they aren't You don't need them in your life anyways.
0: With any friendship, there's going to be conflict. Like you can't be close with someone for an extended period of time without having the occasional disagreement. Sometimes it can be maybe because of the dynamic a bit harder for women to express themselves to a male friend. And you kind of mentioned that in this story in the beginning where you weren't really sure why they were acting the way they were and there was this part of you that thought it was because of this boys club vibe but after you talked about it you just realized that it was a miscommunication and feel like if you feel safe to do so and you have the ability to do so like just talking something out with someone will be beneficial and will show you if they're an ally or not you know like the way that those guys approached that conversation and that they were so willing to hear you out and like really were invested in, like, improving things in the friend group, like, that is 100% ally vibes right there.
1: Yeah, strong ally vibes. Yeah. (laughs) You have another story?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've kind of been talking about things that are not super explicit, things that are kind of in the atmosphere that guys can create when they show genuine interest and excitement for you, and Um, But there are also times when like that explicit show of support or allyship is also really appreciated. And just in general, guys out there, I would say if you are unsure and you think that you're being supportive to your female friends, like, but you're not sure or you don't know if you're doing it, quote unquote, right, I can't think of any time where I wouldn't appreciate someone like explicitly saying, hey, like, I got your back, you know? So this, this example that I'm going to give is, um, well, one of the, well, the guy that runs, um, skydive Ganonokwe, which is the drop zone here that I go to for those who don't know if skydiving is super male dominated. Um, I think it's like, actually, 20-
1: no, stop. For those who don't know, Allie's a huge skydiver, which is a super niche sport. No it offense, is. Allie, but it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And when I tell people, oh yeah, my friend, she skydives, they're like. Like she's gone skydiving. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. She likes skydives, like, you know, in her free time. Yeah. Like she just willingly jumps out of planes by herself. So, yeah.
0: I mean, recently, climbing's been a big focus for me. I've been feeling really stoked about it and have been putting most of my free time and energy into climbing. But I've been skydiving for five years now, probably four or five years. I've done just over 300 jumps. Which for people that don't skydive probably sounds like a lot, but I will tell you in the skydiving world, it's nothing. Anyway, back to the story. Bottom line, it's male dominated. And it's also it's also a sport that attracts very sort of outspoken type A, confident, verging on cocky people at times. I would put myself in that category. I would not call myself humble. Let's be let's be honest here. But yeah, it, it definitely attracts a group of people that's very outspoken. And I don't really know where I'm going with this. There, there's, there can be conflict and tension pretty easily in the sport. It's also a sport that's intense. There's You have to be safe. Decisions are made in seconds. This is all kind of separate. I'm just rambling. This is a little bit separate from the issue, which is that any male-dominated sport is going to have sexism in it, whether it's intentional, unintentional, Little things, big things. You know, it's gonna happen, and it definitely happens in skydiving. So, Will at Skydive Ganaque. When I first started going there, like pre pre COVID, he, I think I was again. We love to rant. I love to rant. Uh, we were having a bonfire, and I think I was just ranting at the bonfire as I, as I do. And he just like said to me, like Ali, if you have any issues with anyone here, like if. If any of the guys are like making comments to you that you don't like, or anything's happening that you like sexist towards you, come and tell me and I will have your back. The fact that he said that to me, like, and the conversation just moved on. I was like, wow, thank you so much. Like, that means a lot. And then the conversation moved on. But clearly it's like two years later and I still really remember that moment because it was like, wow, here's this person like going out of their way to tell me that. They will have my back and telling me that there are someone I can come to if something goes wrong.
1: Yeah. And I hope that Will lived up to his words in those two years after. Like I hope he actually has your back. I think um, oh he totally does. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, I, I haven't sure. had
0: to I haven't had to go to him and be like, Will I have an issue,
1: please help.
0: You know, I've
1: actually I also couldn't see you doing that. <laughs> yeah. Realistically no. <laughs> But I mean, mean, it's still like having someone reassure you that way.
0: Yeah. And if it, to be honest, like I, I think if if I had an issue I couldn't resolve, I would totally go to him.
1: Yeah. That's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're so right. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people will go back on, like turn to you after hearing that and say like, oh, well, does that mean I have to explicitly say it every time? Or like, do I have to explicitly tell a girl that I have her back? Do I have to be that upfront about it? And no, that's not what we're saying, but sometimes that reassurance does add and obviously actions speak louder than words. And we hope that you follow through with what you're saying, but yeah, if someone's in a vulnerable position and they're feeling uncomfortable, unsafe, having that verbal reassurance does mean a lot.
0: Yeah, it does. And uh, again, I'm not saying you should say that if you don't mean it not saying you should say that and then never follow through with it or never put any effort in to be an ally otherwise like you totally should but I'm I think if those conversations are arising with one of your female friends then yeah it's a good time to just be like you know if something happens like I've got your back for sure you don't have to insert it you don't have to go text all your female friends right now and tell them that you support them I'm sure they would appreciate it but you don't need to do that it's just you know (laughs) these if these conversations come up like that's also an opportunity for you to like make sure your friends know that
1: yeah for sure and and it doesn't necessarily look like saying oh i have your back like you don't have to say those words exactly there are other verbal ways you can express support maybe it's an encouragement maybe it's an actually standing up for someone when you see something going wrong like there's other ways to say it and yeah those moments are important and like you said when somebody is coming forward and expressing it in this way it usually means that there's other things in the relationship between those two people that are you know thumbs up if you're comfortable enough having those conversations with another person then it usually means that you are an ally in so many other ways yeah no 100% okay um the last thing i want to talk about because i really do feel it's important to include him here is our good James who we met in episode one James big it's shout James. out to James oh my god huge shout out to James he's been such an ally he literally has James like if I could go off for two seconds James he listened to our first episode and gave a wealth of feedback like it was so thoughtful
0: it was oh my god it oh was so god. thorough
1: and like I said, I think I've said this a few times now, but a lot of his feedback was his own opinions on the conversation that we had had in episode one, and he gave his own thoughts on the issues we brought up, and then also gave you know more constructive feedback on like the flow of the episode. But aside from just being an all round wholesome great man, he really put in the time and effort to give us feedback so that we could grow and then share his opinions so that we could open up and have a conversation about the things we talked about in the episode with Sydney and I think it just speaks miles to where James is at in this allyship that we've been talking about and how comfortable he really is and just like having someone's back and like making sure he- we know that he cares about the things we care about and mm-hmm. and he was comfortable enough to share his opinions and then we him and I started talking about it. And that in itself is what an ally is like being comfortable and bringing up issues and having the conversation and being open to one another's arguments and opinions, hearing them out, maybe changing your behavior if they tell you or teach you something new and then vice versa, like being able to teach others yourself, James, honestly, we met you completely by chance, but we are so happy because you, you, actually have just been such a great friend and I know that Allie you haven't been able to hang out with him too much because you well you will move back to Kingston but I've seen James a few times literally such a nice friend and he's always down to do fun things and I'm gonna jump on this
0: shout out to James Train because I have another comment that I want to make which is that another thing that I think we don't necessarily explicitly think about this or we don't directly consciously notice these things but you also pick up on how men treat other women and women in their life and James oh my gosh when he started talking about his partner he was just oozing pride and love and he was just so happy to be with her his partner Gabrielle he is so supportive of her it was so wholesome to see you can tell without even having met her that he has the utmost respect and love for her. And it's, it's wholesome,
1: wholesome as fuck. He really sees her as like, you know, the sky's the limit and like the potential is endless and she's able to do everything and anything that he's able to do. Like he really sees her as an equal. And I do think you're right. It speaks to just how he sees other women in his life. He's really killing it. He's just been such a great person.
0: He is. Yeah. James, I hope you're listening again. If you are, if you're ever in Kingston, hit me up. If I'm ever in Kelowna, I'm going to message you. You are so wholesome. If you look up wholesome in a dictionary, there's a picture of James next to it. So. <laughs>
1: wow. I, I feel really good. This episode has been way positive. And I, I actually do love that we gave our friends a shout out.
0: Yeah, they deserve it.
1: They really do. And I, you're right. It's not necessarily something that I would say directly to their face or if I did I wouldn't say it the way I've said it yeah so I'm kind of I I hope the people we gave shout outs to listen Uh, yeah I guess I'm not even gonna tell them
0: (laughs) yeah I can't I'm I'm not able to be that warm and fuzzy face to face
1: oh definitely not you no no I'm I'm prickly yeah I mean I think we brought up some great examples of times in our lives where guys have shown their support and shown their willingness to learn and adapt
0: I also think that you know you might listen to some of these examples and think wow these like the bar's low like our our message is basically like listen like genuinely listen and communicate and verbalize your support like we're not really asking for grand gestures here and you could say oh, well, the bar is low. I don't think the bar is low. I just think it's like, it doesn't take that much, you know? And and it doesn't have to be hard to be an ally. There's always going to be people that are going to give you a hard time. There's always going to be people that are less willing to have difficult conversations if they need to happen. But at the end of the day, like same with a lot of human interactions, like just communicate.
1: Yeah, and all the stories we brought out I think are rooted in empathy and empathy is not the easiest thing to always achieve. But I mean, that's kind of the foundation of being an ally is being able to empathize with someone who's in a
0: different situation than you are. As much as we like to rant, like there's a lot of good guys out there and we appreciate y'all.
1: Awesome. I appreciate you too, Allie, by the way. Oh yeah. That's mutual.
0: And I can, I can even say that to you. I don't even have to say it to someone else, you know, like, I'll say that too. Oh, right. You don't
1: you don't have to be prickly towards me. Nice.
0: I'm warm and fuzzy towards you. Sometimes. Sometimes (laughs) I don't want you to be though. I'm not really a
1: touchy-feely person.
0: No, you've just repressed that. You're a Pisces. Come on. We know we know that you are touchy-feely and emotional.
1: (laughs) Okay, maybe. Wow, out me, please.
0: (laughs) It's okay. I'm an Aquarius, therefore emotionally constipated, overly analytical, and cold. (laughs)
1: I I can confirm all those traits oh my god a lot of the memes I see on like Instagram are always like you know how they give the horoscope memes Aquarius is always the fucked up one like Aquarius is always like I apologize if you have a friend that's an Aquarius (laughs) and the thing is I agree (laughs) I know girl I agree I mean you're still friends with me so we're going on seven years almost really no I think it's seven years
0: now isn't it
1: no, no it's six, it's
0: six. years. We, we probably recently had our six year friendship anniversary.
1: We did but we're, we're gonna move to sevens in. Yeah. Like that's the next milestone for us.
0: Yeah they say that if you've been friends with someone for seven years
1: you're likely to be lifelong friends so. Oh we cool just... I still have a chance to get out. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I was
0: just gonna say we just have to survive the next year and then we good. We home free. I mean it's
1: pretty easy when we don't live in the same city however this podcast has really like I mean I talked to you <laughs> I literally talked to you almost daily I know whereas before Ali and I we would go I could easily go three months without texting you yeah I honestly wouldn't text you when you were in Princeton like we would just hang out when you got back like you'd be like I'm in town and I was like okay so like, let's hang out that's
0: the beauty of my friendship with you and a lot of our other friends back home, you know, Liz, Sydney, Olivia, like that friend group, we don't have to, um, we don't have to actively keep in touch to, for our friendship to stay strong. It usually means that there's quite a bit of catching up once we see each other, but it's like, we'll hang out, spend two hours going over the last couple months of our life. And then we're just totally back at where we started, you know, nothing has changed. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. More wholesome content for this episode
1: yeah okay
0: thanks for listening everyone let us know what you think as we've been over numerous times we want your feedback we appreciate your feedback and it helps us grow as people and podcasters
1: thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time okay bye happy trails listening to wildly basic don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts we're also on instagram at wildly basic podcast our marketing director is
0: emma our editor-in-chief is ali artwork by emma music and sound by ali co-hosted by emma and ali
1: thanks for tuning in
0: happy trails